Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Lots more to get into today with this NCAA court ruling yesterday from the Supreme Court. And then also today, the College Football Playoff Committee has met and they look like are moving on to the next phase of expanding the playoffs to 12. So a lot to get to with that today. CBS Sports' Dennis God scheduled to join us at 3.35 today. So hopefully we'll be able to connect with him then. And Neil Kulong also going to join us as well. He'll talk with Steve a lot about Car- of, uh, Carl Nassib and announcing that coming out as gay yesterday in an Instagram post. And, of course, he's gotten a lot of uh, response to that and well wishes from around the league and different players and things like that. So we'll get into that more with Neil at 3.30 or at probably at 4.06 today is when we'll be talking to him there on that. Now, the College Football Playoff Board of Managers today heard that presentation about trying to expand the playoff to 12 teams. And he and the this is the statement from Mark Keenum, Mississippi State University president and chairman. They said, Having heard the presentation made today by the working group along with management committee that joined us for today's meeting, the board has authorized the management committee to begin a summer review phase that will engage other important voices in this matter, including many on our campuses, student athletes, ADs, faculty, coaches, university presidents, and chancellors. And also want to talk with the Bulls and, of course, broadcast partners on the feasibility of the 12-team proposal. So that's what's next is this summer study period. So all is gone as what we had thought would happen today was they would approve this next step which is now to do this summer study period to check on to basically work out all the kinks and then we'll figure and then in terms of timing and everything we'll figure that out after that heather dimage tweeted out this quote earlier from penn state president eric barron 
saying he's, quote, personally excited about providing more opportunities for students and for schools. We've got a lot of listening that we have to do. We've got a lot of things to look at in terms of feasibility. So we're going to work hard at that. That was from Eric Barron to Heather Denich earlier today. And Keenum also saying nobody in the room had a serious problem with the concept. And I guess there's also legal matters, too, that the group has to take a closer look at. Attorneys were present in the conversations this morning, but don't have those answers yet. That's according to Heather Dinich. The board's going to meet again September 28th. So there you have it. Well, it looks like we're on our way to the 12-team proposal here. Just It's a matter of working out the timing, as Heather Dinich also pointed out today. And that's exactly what we're looking for. 12 teams to me, and Steve has said this too, 12 teams works for me. I think, as I've said before, I would I would like to see the Power 5 with a group of 5 make up the first 10 spots, and then you get two wild cards. But I can live with more wild cards... But as long as you give at least two spots to the group of five, I just think they need to make sure that you need to make sure that they, when you're talking to all these campuses, ADs, coaches, players, you got to focus, to me, you got to focus on the group of five because they're the ones that have been vocal about this for such a long time. We all know what happened with UCF, you know, and since he gave Georgia a great game last year in the Peach Bowl, I think. So to me, I think the focus needs to be on their group of five versus power five and how to work them in a little bit more. Because they deserve a chance. I've always been the opinion of if you win your conference, you should have a chance to compete. But that's just me. But like I said, as long as they get at least two spots, I can live with that if they want to get more more at-large bids to other power five teams that don't win their conference. That's fine with me. So hopefully we'll hear from Dennis Dodd today at 3.35 with a little bit more on that. And he was all over the place yesterday talking about the NCAA ruling. So we'll get his take on that as well. So we'll take a quick break. When we come back, Steve will have his thoughts on what we heard from the college football playoff committee today. Dennis Dodd, Neil Kulong, so much more to get to as we continue here on the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Purdy Insurance and Sunbury Motors. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. And, uh, yeah, well, uh, there's a few things going on. Uh, so. We'll get to, let's just start where, um, let's just quickly start with a couple things that uh, we talked about on On the Mark this morning. Uh, Carl Nassib obviously was one, but Carl Nassib, I remember Carl was a walk-on here, uh, and he built himself into a starter, a scholarship player, 
through hard work, dedication. He did all of that. I mean, all of that he did. Anybody who's been around Carl Nassif thinks the world of Carl Nassif. Uh, I think everybody has to make their own decision as to what they wish to reveal about their personal life and what they don't. So let's take a different scenario. For example, Naomi Osaka, the great tennis player, and Matthew Wolf, who I think has a chance to be an outstanding professional golfer. Uh, both have dealt with uh, uh, issues uh, addressing mental health. And Osaka doesn't want to talk about it. That is her choice. She doesn't want to talk about it. She doesn't want to meet the media. doesn't want to just get into her struggle either with them or the struggle she's feeling with, with whatever issues off the court. Okay, That is her choice. Matthew Wolf, on the other hand, made the decision that he wanted to talk about it. And after the second round on Friday, you know, most media sessions, uh, even at the U.S. Open, last, I don't know, four or five minutes. It's like it's really a long session. It's six minutes. He went 11 minutes with the media. And he talked with them about the struggle that he has had to get out of bed, which is his safe spot, and then suddenly go out and have to face the pressure of playing. Well, the and whatever the issue may be, but he was open and he talked about it. That was his way of handling it. And everywhere Matthew Wolf went on Saturday and Sunday, wild cheers all over the place, people rooting him on. He chose to deal with it that way. Naomi Osaka chose not to because that's her choice. That was what she was comfortable with. Carl Nassib made his choice, and he was comfortable in being straightforward right away in the first sentence. And not only that, giving $100,000 to the Trevor Project. Wow. Which you know, deals with youth suicide. If you're around Carl Nassib for 60 seconds, you think the world of him. He's just a great guy. Literally is. And this is... What he's doing is going to make it easier for someone else to now do the same thing where they can just feel comfortable and just feel like, all right, that's out in the open. When are you going to deal with it? He will now deal with it on the opening day of training camp because he'll get a lot of questions. His teammates will get a lot of questions. Then the next times that he will deal with it would be the first national TV broadcast, the first time he's on Fox, the first time he's on NBC, the first time he's on CBS, and obviously, without question, the first time he's on ESPN. Okay? And that is, and you know, and John Gruden will have to talk about it, and Mike Mayock will have to talk about it with the Raiders brass head coach and GM, respectively. But for him, he has now he just kind of feels like he can be himself. 
And this is how he chose to do it. Put yourself, think about your own personal life for a moment. Is there something, a thing or two, that you just wouldn't be comfortable talking about in public? And then think what it would take for you to then talk about it in in public. If you put yourself in, you know, now at that point, you can now put yourself in Carl Nassib's shoes as to what it takes to come out and say, look, and openly say, I'm Carl Nassib, I'm gay. All right? And then go into the rest of it. But it takes courage to do that because, again, put yourself in his, his shoes. But something in your life, even though it may seem benign to the rest of the world, it still gnaws at you a little bit that you just wouldn't feel comfortable telling the world about. It's always the best way to look at something. You know, think about something with you and then put yourself into their shoes with whatever it is and ask yourself, how would you handle it? It's always the best way, to, I think, to look at things. So that is um, that's obviously one of the big stories of the day. There's been a lot else going on. College Football Playoff Committee advanced the proposal today. They're now into the exploratory stage. They uh, essentially rubber-stamped the 12-team proposal today in Dallas, moved it forward. They have not put a date on when the next time they'll really get into it, but my guess is going to be maybe around September. There is no date set for when this would start. Now, it's not going to be this year. Outside chance next year, I'd say more probable the year after. Where year 10 of the 12-year deal might be the possibility of a 12-team playoff. Right. And then there's name, image, and likeness. The uh, kick the can down the road committee. Oh, I'm sorry. They probably have a better name than that, right? But Dennis Dodd is going to be on to talk about this in a few minutes. Did the Yankees turn a triple play last night? Uh, no, they were off last night. Oh, so they didn't lose. That's correct. Okay. Just want to make sure. It's been kind of a rough road. A little bit. Got the Royals. The Royals are pretty good. The Royals are pretty good. They're not great, but they're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. Who do you have pitching? I mean... Cole pitching every game, or <laughs> I wish. Uh, let's see. Kyrie Irving, he's available. <laughs> Actually, it is Garrett Cole tonight. <laughs> see, there you go. You think I'm kidding? Wisconsin seniors were openly critical of Coach Greg Gard during a late season team meeting that was secretly recorded and later got sent to a newspaper. Wisconsin State Journal says it received a 37-minute audio file this week on a February 19th team meeting. Remember I told... What did I tell you back in February? Remember I told you about Wisconsin in February? I told you, quote, you can tell they don't like each other. Right? Remember I told you that? 
that you forget most of the things I tell you anyway. Oh, I remember that one. Guard and three assistant coaches, okay? The meeting included seven senior players, guard, three assistant coaches. The newspaper said it received the recording from an anonymous email. (laughs) During the meeting, forward Nate Reavers tells guard, we don't have a relationship and that I personally don't think or feel like you care about our future aspirations. Walt McGrory, who hardly ever plays, I don't know if I'll ever talk to you again after this. He sat there. He listened, and there was not one dry eye in the entire room at the end of everything, an unidentified player told the State Journal. The biggest thing that we did at the end was apologize again, and he was in tears, and he said, it's not your fault, it's my fault. Guard told the State Journal, it's so disturbing that somebody would take a private family meeting and make it public for consumption. Wisconsin went 18 and 13, lost to Baylor, blah, blah, blah. Penn State had a real chance to beat him in the opening round of the Big Ten tournament, too. Badgers uh, opened the season ranked seventh. Guards won 19 and 70. Uh, they still have Brad Davison back. He is the only one of the seven seniors who will play an extra year. Yeah, Reavers was in and out of the starting lineup. Walt McGrory, for goodness sakes. Walt McGrory played five or six games a year. This is the only time Walt McGrory's ever been mentioned in an article except to mention that he was going to be honored on Senior Day. Sure is interesting, though. Wow. Wow. Daryl Morey says 25 to 26 teams would love the Sixers situation. Um, I'm not so sure about that. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Want a new vehicle? They've got the great product lines. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Maybe pre-owned inventory is the way to go. The budget may say that. Yes, and they've got great selection of pre-owned inventory. All with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Fabulous sales department, service department second to none. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 to 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. That we, by the way, are scheduled to have at some point Dennis Dodd on the show. By the way, Jack Ham called me about mm, about 45 minutes ago. Uh, first question, he, he well, actually it wasn't a question. He just, well, actually it was a question. He asked if the suit was still working here. And I said, yeah. And so he kind of leaned back, and he, I, I think it was his attorney. He said, he said, yeah. He said, re-up the restraining order. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I just, you know. Then we got into some other issues. It, it, it's the first question I get about him the entire time. He's still there, right? I said, yeah. Of course. Then they extend the restraining orders. It's unreal. 
probably why Dennis Dodd isn't on yet because of the restraining order. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. Uh, You know, Dennis has been busy with a lot of different stories, but look, the college football playoff right now brings in $600 million a year. Remember, college football is run by the conferences. It is not run by the NCAA. Yes, the NCAA will do investigations and so forth. But it's the NCAA basketball tournament, the men's basketball tournament, that the NCAA runs and distributes money from. And along with 86 or 87 other different championships, literally. The College football playoff, though, they have no control over it, the NCAA, so they're out of this. Right now, it's $600 million a year from ESPN. The thought process is by going to 12 schools, they can generate revenue of $1 billion a year by doing it. $1 billion a year. And then you have to figure out how you want to divide it up after that. The SEC, of course, has been campaigning, led by Greg Sankey, to have multiple teams in the field from any conference. You could have as many as four teams in the field from a conference. Well, the more you get in, the more money the conference gets. The SEC already is a financial gold mine. The Big Ten is a financial gold mine. There has been a separation financially between the SEC, Big Ten, and the and everybody else. The SEC Big Ten gets so much more money than the ACC does, the Big 12 does, or the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has the Pac-12 network, but it is a financial mess and not lucrative. The Big 12 doesn't have a network like that. The ACC now has the ACC network, which is still in its infancy, and the ACC is also hamstrung by the fact that their TV deal that they have, which when they signed gave them long-term security, also gives them a long-term line of, of no potential growth because that contract goes into the 2030s. Into the 2030s. The Big Ten will be the next major conference to negotiate its contract. They're up next. It'll be a big test for Kevin Warren as the commissioner to try and get Big Ten schools more television revenue. Nothing has changed since the last TV contract. There have been no additions, no additional markets, just the power of what the Big Ten can do, especially in football and men's basketball, because those will be the keys to the contract right there. The current contract the Big Ten has at the moment is one that has them on Fox, Fox Sports 1, ESPN, ESPN 2, Big Ten Network. And they also have a deal in basketball with CBS. How does CBS, if at all, figure into any of these negotiations will be interesting because CBS is losing the Southeastern Conference. Do they now become a potential outlet for a Big Ten game of the week? It's possible. Depends on how much CBS, A, whether CBS wants to get involved, and B, whether they want to bid and give a significant bid to do something with this. It's something to be considered. But there's another player out there, CBS, that 
when the Big Ten begins its new contract, CBS will not have a college football entity on there. Does the Big Ten fill that bill? But that's the bottom line on the on the money part. The NCAA controls the NCAA men's basketball tournament. That's where they get their money. They do not control the college football playoff. So when you're hearing about the college football playoff and the NCAA tournament, they are run by two separate entities and not the same entity, which then brings us back to money. As you know, we're all for name, image, and likeness. And that's where we'll talk to Dennis Dodd about this. If we don't talk to Dennis today about it, we'll talk to him tomorrow about it. But the perception is that there's a Swiss bank account and all this money's going in. Everybody's getting rich off these young people. Well, name, image, and likeness gives them an opportunity to make money on the side. But there is still value somewhere in a college scholarship. How many of you have children out there, and how many of your children have gone to college? Now ask yourself, how much student debt do they exit college with? Student-athlete on a full scholarship, I mean, let's not pretend a partial scholarship, of which Penn State has 800 student-athletes on scholarship. They are not all on full scholarships. You have a lot of tenths, quarters, thirds, halves, and so forth to get you to that number. But in one form or another, they have a scholarship. Football, men's basketball players, women's basketball players, they're all on full scholarships. In that full scholarship, based on the Alston case, you can not only get your room, board, uh, your training tables, your your books, and your tuition. You can also now get educational materials to aid you in that. And that was what the Alston case was about, the ability to get a computer and have the program or athletic department provide it to get an iPad to have the football or athletic department provide it. Um, maybe a printer or a scanner. You have to print your projects, scan something. Uh, that's what Alston was about. How far is too far? A lower court was looking at cars, for example, and they really gave one the impression that a car was too far. Now, how would it benefit education? Well, some campuses are spread out. Alston's from West Virginia. West Virginia has two campuses down in Morgantown, connected by a monorail. Um, Rutgers is very spread out. I can't remember what the name of the one campus is, but where the athletic area is is called the Livingston Campus. I can't remember the name of the other campus. But Rutgers is a little spread out. Uh, let's see, Ohio State, no. Michigan State, no. Michigan is Michigan's got a, is pretty sprawling. Uh, let's see, Indiana, no. Illinois, no. Northwestern, no, is very tight. Purdue, no. Um, Maryland's pretty spread out, but actually, no. I mentioned Rutgers already. Nebraska's really spread out. 
but really still to one area. Uh, Minnesota is very spread out. I'm trying to think of anybody else. Did I get everybody? Michigan State? Nah. Michigan State's fine. Now, here for let's take here for example. What if you have a class uh, that's up at Innovation Park? Well, Innovation Park is a trek. I mean, I mean whenever I've taught at Innovation Park, you know, students have been telling me, hey, I, I, Mr. Jones, I apologize. I had to take the bus to get up here. Now you have to be able to park the thing, too. They don't get parking passes. These guys get tickets all the time. They're, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> they get they get parking tickets all the time. But uh, you, you have to remember, too, that they have the cost of attendance money. About 40% of them uh, qualify for a Pell Grant. And if it's a grant, they can keep it all. It's not taxable. Their tuition is not taxable. The items I just talked about, laptop, iPad, printer, scanner, whatever, if it's considered to be part of their education, is not taxable. It would be considered to be part of their scholarship, not taxable. But name, image, and likeness, any money brought in from that, is taxable. How you keep track of that, I have no clue. But you can make some money from doing that. There'll be several issues that will come up. and We may find out that the issues are benign. Number one, if you're a coach, I think you have to keep an eye in the locker room just to make sure everything's copacetic. Because, you know, a guy like Matt Catrillo's in there and he's making all this money off of YouTube, off Instagram and so forth, and... This guy, Kevin Hur over here, is making nothing. Now, now it's kind of a popularity contest at that point. Matt's popular. You, sir, are my hero! But how do you keep everything worth? Like, Matt's making a lot of money, and this guy over here isn't. Does there, is everything copacetic? Very well, maybe. Nobody will care. So it's fine. Okay, that's fine. All right. But maybe there is an issue, and you've got to be watchful and aware of it. Number two, time management. What's made great student-athletes over the years is their ability to manage time. They're able to put in time on the field. They're able to put in time in meetings. They're able to put in time on their own whether you know they're going through the iPad, they are looking at the plays, they're doing it on their own, or they're coming in for extra film on their own down in the meeting room when nobody's around. And then have a social life. While also making maintaining high academic standards. The ability to make money on the outside, how much time will it take to do something on a regular basis on YouTube and keep it fresh? What's it going to take to put something on Instagram to continue to make it fresh and relevant? I know at one point, um, 
John Herron and Myron Jones were doing a YouTube TV show or something like that. It wasn't sponsored or anything like that. Or I don't know. A podcast? I guess it was a podcast. So it was a podcast the two of them were doing. No advertisers or anything like that, so they weren't getting any financial benefit from it. But they did it. I think they did it something like once a week. Okay. Now, it's probably was a lot of fun for them to do. It's fun for them to do. But when it starts becoming a business... When it becomes a business, you have to then dedicate yourself in some way to it to keep the money flowing. What is interesting in this particular time, let me give you this story here, which I found to be interesting. Let's see. Let's see. That's another suit problem. How many times when you go to couple of these places, like the suit's the headline. I'm a little concerned. Uh, where is the story here? It's about, essentially about podcasts. And that they're starting to become like, man, there's so many I'm here. It's called, it's entitled Instaboard. Instagram is, is down. Is Instagram dying 2021? For years, Instagram has been the most popular platform, and Instagram's reach has been huge. Sold to Facebook in 2012 for $1 billion, Instagram was a big hit and during one period surpassed Facebook in popularity, even though it has never had as many users as Facebook. After it launched back in 2010, it gained 1 million users in only two months, and in June of 2018, it hit a huge number of 1 billion monthly active users. This video and image sharing social media platform is the fourth most downloaded mobile app of the decade and is also responsible for the rise of influencers. It was at the forefront of advertising precisely because of the aforementioned influencers and their influence on what their followers would buy or, and so on. That is why many companies have focused on advertising on Instagram as the most effective method of advertising. Okay. While all of these stats are pretty impressive, the truth is that Instagram's reach has actually been on the decline since 2019. Be it because of TikTok or people just getting tired of influencer marketing and ads, it is undeniable that this platform is not as popular as it used to be. So let's analyze the situation in detail and together come to a conclusion. Is Instagram dying in 2021? One, there's a difference between reach and engagement. Today we'll mention reach and engagement many times because it is necessary to understand and analyze reach and engagement to be able to conclude what the real situation is. They can reach people. The question is, how much are they engaged? Instagram reach. There's organic reach. It's all that reach that is not consequence of paid promotion and similar tools are created exclusively naturally, which means that people came across your content and not that it was shown to them to target in any way. So organic reach is on the decline. Can you buy Instagram reach? Yes, you can. Okay. However, it's not the best shortcut to choose. This tells you here how to re- uh, improve your Instagram reach. Uh, one of them is to put up a lot of pictures of your dog bullers. No? <laughs> what? Every time I see the dog, I stop. Has the dog been in lately? I saw the dog yesterday. Tell me the dog wasn't in the corner office. 
No, he's on vacation all week. Well, after being in the corner office for a couple of days while, you know, while the wolf of Wall Street was in there wheeling and dealing, uh, the dog needs a vacation. Oh, my almighty! It is expected that over 50 million new users will be on Instagram by the end of the year, although that's not the growth of a couple of years ago. Now, there's a thing about algorithms and things like that, which, yeah, I'm not going to sit there and get into algorithms and things like that. But the trend on Instagram is not up. It's either flat or any increase has been muted. How about that? That's an interesting time for this to happen. More relatable influencers. Now, do you consider the suit an influencer? Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. I mean, I know he influenced several people in the company to not want to go to staff meetings anymore. I mean, we'll come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. The proposal for a 12-team college football playoff did clear another hurdle today. We told you they were going to meet today in Dallas. They did. Eleven presidents and chancellors who have the ultimate authority over the format did authorize the 10 FBS commissioners to begin a summer review phase to determine the feasibility of an expanded field and work on the details of how and when it might be implemented. So that was a big step forward. The group, which has authority over all aspects of the company's operations, included representatives of each of the 10 FBS conferences, along with Notre Dame President Father John Jenkins. With most of the powerful people in college football now backing the exploration of a 12-team format, it seems now to be a matter of when, if not if, the postseason will grow again. Those within the room, though, continue to caution that this is a long, unpredictable process. The Board of Managers and Management Committee are not expected to meet again until September 28th. Mississippi State President says, I don't think anybody in the room has a serious problem with the 12-team concept. 